Hello. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever live edition of Get the Flick Out of Here. Um, uh, final Christmas edition, I believe, of, 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 the, of, the, of, the, of the month. I'm going to try um, and force you into one more, but you're, we'll you're, you're, you're going to fail. Um, because we I know can't. what you're going to try and I know you're going to force me into watching and it's just not going to happen. I feel like we owe it to the people. You do not. <laughs> you got away with watching only the bad Lindsay Lohan movie. I sat through so I many know. horror I... movies. <laughs> we owe it to the people to review. If you made it through Santa with muscles, surely you can make it through Freddie Prince Jr. and AJ Lee's sister in a thing. It's not going to be worse than Santa no. with muscles because nothing could be. No, no, nothing, nothing possibly could be. But um, uh, next week, my parents are flying in from Oregon, so I don't know how much, uh, you know, because the rest of the weekend is, you know, Christmas and stuff, and then they're, they're flying in, and so we'll 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 figure out how much time I have to waste watching a terrible mm-hmm. AJ mm-hmm. Lee's sister movies or whatever it is. Oh, see, I should have saved this for then because you would have been like, I'll make the time for it. Yeah, I would have. I would have. <laughs> uh, it's Ryan Salt. Yes. Hey, we're, we're live. So you can send in little things like this. Is Kate Alex's helper elm. You get one, Ryan Sullivan. You get one non paid for chat. And I read it. And that's it. Um, he does throw a lot of money at us in general. He does. So. <laughs> he does. He does. But this is this is uh, by by decree of Jimmy Van, uh, who 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 is saying we should, we want to do these live now. We're, we're testing it out. So there are super chats available. Send in a super chat, and we will be sure to read your um your chat on, uh, on the air as well. So um, yeah, the the movie we are reviewing uh, today is Ernest Saves Christmas. Yeah, it is. And um, it is uh, uh, my uh, maybe all-time uh, f- favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> I love that for you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just I watched it like four times this this Christmas season. I watched it again last night just to get it fresh in my head uh, while wrapping gifts. Uh, my my daughter loves it, so we had to watch it twice for that, and I watched it once on my own before that, probably in November at some point. Because a, 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 as soon as Halloween is over, it's Ernest Saves Christmas season. That's what it is for me. Um, uh, it is it's a movie I absolutely I grew up on, uh, loved watching with my brother. Uh, we had it on VHS. We would watch it like in July. Mm-hmm. We didn't care. It was it's 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 great, and I I realize as an adult now. Uh, uh, deep into my forties, um, why I love it so much. And it's it's um, there's just an absolute uh, purity to it, an innocence about it that is so refreshing. And they never do it in any kind of a cloying way. It's just there. They don't they don't force it on you. It's just a, a really wonderful way at looking at what Christmas is. And I, I love it. I felt like we even got hints of that in Ernest Scared Stupid. Like, there were definitely... You could have said that I was reaching, maybe, for some right. of the conclusion of Ernest Saves Christmas, or mm-hmm. is Scared Stupid, but um, there was a thing in that where it was like, 
there were I don't know there was just a thing about acceptance in that that was actually very real I felt like so much of it and we talked about this with that too just Jim Varney's performances in these there's such um you're just kind of rooting for them like there's there's oh, yeah. such a, a fantastic mix of what he does with like silliness but also like there's a vulnerability there where you're mm-hmm. just like it, it's really impressive how um and especially with other stuff that was coming out around this time there was a lot of it was very like slapsticky but there's such like a um sentimental thing here for some reason like that there's a vulnerability that you just you you grab onto with him and yeah it's it's awesome like it, it's really cool to see because that's all him that's not mm-hmm. like the writing right like that is all no. just his performance because and it makes it stand out with a lot of the other stuff i would yeah. say um as far as rewatching, my go-to was the the peanuts christmas one when i was yeah. a kid i that's the one i would put in the vcr at any time of year but this is this would be a better choice for that for a lot of <laughs> Mm. Uh, but it is it's such a refreshing like you said refreshing is a good word for it it's it's not forced down your throat it's not preaching at you it's just exhibited in in the movie like it's not it's not shoving a conclusion down your throat in any way it's just sits there which is really nice yes it's very nice um uh so uh the the movie begins um, with a uh, a plane landing, a, a a passenger jet landing in Orlando, Florida. Oh, I should say the the opening credits do not feel like an Ernest Says Christmas movie. Not whatsoever. at all. Yeah, that was very. I like Con- contrast sure that, that with I... with Ernest Scared Stupid, where it's like Ernest being scared of stuff. While a very uh, weird song plays in the background and him going ooh at the camera, right? And this is uh, Norman Rock- Rockwell um, paintings of Santa with elaborate script of all the people's names and everything over a beautiful choral rendition of Oh Christmas Tree. Um, and uh, I think that they they uh, they edited around a different way they wanted they wanted to start with santa but i think it's obvious that in the script it's oh christmas tree is being sung by this beautiful choir later in the movie after the first scene we see we meet ernest for the first time and he's driving a cab singing oh christmas tree 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 Oh Christmas tree! Oh Christmas tree! Oh Christmas tree! And uh, that was a running gag with my brother. We would sing that, like when my my, my okay. So my my parents, who are just giant dorks, and I love them, but like okay, everybody, it's Christmas Eve. Um, let's sing. Let's sit around the, the 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 Christmas tree and all sing Christmas carols. And if they if they asked me or my brother to pick one, we always picked. Oh Christmas tree, oh Christmas tree. Um I uh so anyway, I'm positive that it was supposed to go from the choral rendition to Ernest's rendition, but they put a thing in the middle because they thought it actually worked better meeting Santa first. Anyway, Santa, obviously Santa, who else could it possibly be? Um, although he is not quite as rotund as your normal Santa. Correct. He's a little very sweet old man with a big white beard. Um, in a suit, 
um, and he gets off the plane with somebody. Uh, and he's like, um, and they're just chatting like you would getting off a plane with a stranger if you're a very nice man. Uh, and they're talking about how uh, the other guy is on in town on business from Toronto. I was like, where are you from? Up north. Oh, me too. I'm from Toronto, uh, which is how you know he's not actually from Toronto. Yeah. Jimmy Van will tell you, you got to say Toronto. And then that, that, there's no T and the O is not really an O. But that guy, I guess maybe he's not not uh, born and raised in Toronto, but maybe he lives there. Anyway, um, they just start talking and there's a, there's a very fun little back and forth about business guy talking to uh, Santa uh, in terms of business. Like, um, I, I have trouble now remembering who ordered a toy truck and who wanted a bicycle. Yeah, sounds like a database problem. Like just the back and forth, very clever, uh, very sweet. And it's like, um, you know what I, you know what I'd like for Christmas, snow. Uh, and Santa's a, oh, I could have sworn you wanted a CD player. Uh, I'll make a note of that snow. Um, that I, I love Douglas Seal, who plays Santa. It's one of those things of like, it's not what I would expect Santa to be. Ho ho ho! Is not him yeah. at all. And yet. It is the most true and honest performance of the idea behind what Santa Claus should be that I think I've ever seen in a movie. Like, it's just, uh, it's so, for lack of a better term, earnest uh, in its it portrayal of, of who this guy is, man. It's really great. It's really It great. is really fun. It's a very different take. And it's funny because you probably know the sequencing on this, too, of like, which Ernest movies came out when. Uh-huh. But like at this time, it felt like there were tons of Christmas movies coming out and tons of slapstick comedy coming out. And this still uh-huh. had its own voice. Like it still found its way to to be its own thing in all of that. It feels very, very uh-huh. different than even than some of the other Ernest movies that I remember seeing and right. way different than a lot of the Christmas things that are, that are playing. But yeah. I, I loved this uh, rendition of Santa. I thought it was super fun and, you're right, like a very uh, distinct, a distinct little Santa. I loved yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh, he's going through customs, uh, and his passport says Santa Claus. And I'm just wondering <laughs> how it got issued by what government facility. Um, uh, he's like uh, he's like the the guy working behind the counter looks and sees all manner of uh, late 1980s stereotypical weirdos, and goes, "Sure, why not? It's Christmas." Ain't it? And uh, it's like, and then, uh, then Santa goes, "Thanks, Skippy," because he remembers what he was called when he was a little boy, and that's sweet. Um, and uh, and then he he gets out there, um, and so this is all intercut with meeting Ernest, singing a Christmas tree, and then a guy uh, who's in the back seat of his cab says, "Hey, hurry up, buddy! I gotta get to the airport." In the most generic, like. I am a, I am a traveler who is in a hurry. It's very good stuff. Uh, I am then, in a uh, rush to get to the yeah. airport. Yeah, <laughs> the airport. Um, uh, but um, er- Ernest uh, weaves through traffic. Or Ernest P. Worrell, thrill driver. He says, uh, and uh, in in weaving in and out, uh, the door flies open, and the guy in the who's in the, the the bench seat in the back, sliding back and forth between the doors, finally slides out. Falls off the freeway and Ernest, uh, to nobody because there's nobody in the car, says, 
Uh, you, you should always use best practices when driving on the freeway. You'll notice my, my rear hazard emergency lights are flashing to indicate that I am backing up as everybody flies around behind him. Uh, it's great. And so he runs out the and picks up the camera shot of I, him in the back, too, of him just sliding back yes, and forth. So good. Like, he doesn't want to... It felt like, uh, you know, when you're in a situation where you're like, if I say something, it's going to make it so much worse. I, I could read that on this guy's face mm -hmm. of like, I'm just trying to survive to get to the airport. It was really, really yep. fun and well done. Really good stuff. Um, uh, and um, uh, he picks up his, I warned him about that seatbelt, which is great because it's wonderful. Blame the victim, Ernest. Uh, but he, he, he throws him in there uh, and gets him to the airport. And the guy still frozen. Oh, sorry. I should mention. The guy's not hurt. He's just completely catatonic and frozen in fear. <laughs> so when Ernest picks him up, he's completely stiff. Um, and he puts him in, in, the, uh, in the back seat. And he falls over, again, completely stiff. And when Ernest pulls him out of the car, he's still completely stiff. So he, throw, he, he ends up uh, falling into a, the, bear, the baggage belt uh, that leads into the, uh, where the skycaps are. And Ernest also yanks all of the luggage out of the back, the trunk, which rips open, and there's all kinds of things that fall over the place. It's very funny. Um, it is funny, the scene, like, very early, but it did make you realize, like, even that passenger with his, him being catatonic and him sliding around in the back seat, because it's such a wonderfully weird little thing, like, it doesn't take kind of all of these performances, no matter how big or small, have to kind of be spot on because like yes. you're contrasted against Ernest, right? And it's like such a, it's such its own alley that if you don't work with it, like you could so throw true. the whole film off with one, one bad little scene. It, it's yeah. impressive how many, um, how well executed everybody's part is. It, it's really fun. Yeah. Well, one, one false note will, will make the whole thing collapse. Um, uh, anyway, um, uh, He's obviously in trouble with a lot of people because he's he's drove into the airport at a hundred miles an hour, nearly killing people, uh, which they frown upon if you haven't uh, seen it happen. Um, and uh, so he knows he's in trouble, and so then uh, we have Santa Claus taxi, um, <laughs> and he's like, "Mister, I'm a taxi. I'm a taxi. Come on!" And uh, they sprint into the car and drive off. Um, uh, and, um, so they're on, on, the, on the, and, um, and, uh, int int they call themselves, uh, <clears throat> oh, it's like his, Santa is shielding his eyes and he says, uh, oh, is the sun getting to you? Yes. It's not, uh, not usually as bright at night. I'm usually here at night. <laughs> like, <laughs> are you a vampire? Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, I I want to drink your blood. Yeah. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, so Ernest gives him these three D glasses, very cute, very very earnest. Um, and they have they get to talking about stuff. Um, talking about Christmas and how much Ernest uh, loves it when he was a kid and all this stuff. It's very sweet. Uh, and then Ernest says, "You know who you remind me of?" Uh, and he says, "Santa Claus." Uh, <laughs> I bet you get that a lot, huh? Uh, yeah. Well, it comes with the territory. Uh, because you look like him? And he says, because I am him. And then Ernest does a wonderful triple take with this beautiful smile on his face and goes, because <laughs> you am him. Okay. <laughs> and I love that Ernest 
thinks to himself the way everybody does in this movie at first blush, oh, this guy's crazy. But it's not like judgmental or weirded out by it. Just like, oh, poor guy, isn't that isn't that sweet? The guy thinks he's Santa. You know, like it's a it's a it's a very nice. He he doesn't believe him, but he doesn't judge him for it, which is a really cool contrast to literally everybody else that comes across Santa in this movie. And a theme in Ernest movies, I would say in general, because Ernest is a little bit of a weirdo. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like people that do judge him, you get a lesson about having done that at some point. But I also really appreciated that Santa's always trying to disguise himself. And mm-hmm. the Santa was just like in plain sight. You never see that in Christmas movies. It's, it's nope. always he's always trying to hide his identity. And the Santa yeah. Claus, he's just this, he's just out there. I will say this guy way more hidden and he, he hiding his identity, except for the of course the passport, than Santa in the Lindsay Lohan movie, who's like, yeah. you know, like oh, I'm going to wink, and it looks like calls like sparkles to go everywhere. Like, uh, I've got you this sleigh. Ho, ho, ho. Like, who could I be? Like, no, like, no. no. <laughs> this guy at least is is uh, doesn't seem like he's Santa. Um, except for No, the and it's almost like he's calling people on their BS, I feel like. Yeah. He's kind yeah, of just true. like, no one's going to believe me anyway, so why would I bother to try and hide it? <laughs> um, so uh, on the freeway, a little Christmas tree falls off the back of a truck. Uh, it is December 23rd, by the way. And these are obviously going from the tree farm to a tree lot. It's the first very minor plot hole. I think like basically all the tree lots have the trees now. But, but it's um, December 23rd today, Alex. It's true. It's perfect. Perfect timing. Um, maybe that's why we, we picked it for today. Um, Ernest stops the car, runs out, grabs the tree, and throws it into the back seat. Um, uh, and sentences. I take it you really needed a tree? Like, why would you stop the car to do that? Uh, no, but I got a friend who could really use one. Um, and uh, and anyway, they were... Um, uh, they start talking about... Um, oh, it's what... they Anyway, they, they pull over. He ties it to the roof of the car, right? And uh, he starts talking about... You don't know a man named Joseph Carruthers? Like, I don't know. I don't, should I? Uh, Uncle Joey's Treehouse, and I love that Ernest a, obviously is from the area and grew up with Uncle Joey's Treehouse and knows all the songs. It's a really sweet little thing of like a guy, you know, think of like, I mean, especially back in this day where like there would be like local TV would have little things for kids on, on, on all the time. The other, other locales wouldn't. And so you wouldn't know about it, but Ernest does. So he knows all the songs. And he's singing one. He's like, uh, he lost. So anyway, his show was canceled, says Santa. Um, and uh, uh, he says, um, he's like, oh, well, I don't think he's supposed to he could worry. By now, he must be rolling in the mucho dinero. <laughs> Just the way he says it is so funny. And then uh, Santa says, um, no, you, you, you don't get rich after hosting a once a week children's show on local television. You have to do it for other reasons. And that's why I'm here. Um, so. They get back on the road, driving through downtown, and here's where we meet Harmony Star, um, who is one of my absolute favorite characters in movies ever. Um, and 
It is played by Noelle Parker. And I still can't believe she did not become a major, major movie star. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. The biggest thing she did after this was when she played Amy Fisher in the Amy Fisher story for a TV movie. Do you remember Amy Fisher? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the best. That is, that's it. Those are her two claim to fames is, is this thing. She did some TV episodes, a couple of bit parts in movies, but like, that's it. And I, I can't believe it because she was so excellent. She was 18 when she made this playing 14 and you can tell, but she's still a fantastic actress. Um, there you go. See, Ryan knows. Ryan also knows all the words to the to the song. Ryan's in a super super chat. Says they never get old. They always stay new. Those three little words, please and thank you. Hey, um, yeah. So that, that, that's that's Uncle Joey's song that he would sing at the end of every episode. Anyway, Harmony Star is running out on a restaurant bill and has a fantastic lie to back it up when the waiter catches when the waiter D catches her. Like, oh, it's, it's my brother. See, we go out, to, we go out to, uh, to lunch, and he always stiffs me with a bill, and he runs off to the bathroom, and he sneaks out and left, leaves me. So it's some big prank. So you got to let me go. Oh, there he is. Hey, Tommy. And the, the guy is stupid. He's like a WWE ref and turns and looks, and she runs away and dives into Ernest's cab as it stopped at a traffic light. Um, and then she lies and says another great lies like, hey, that, may, that mean guy over there chasing me, that's my uncle. He keeps me chained up in the basement, makes me do all these chores. Like he's, I'm his slave. Thanks for helping me get away. So he's, she's immediately a fantastic liar. Uh, when I say fantastic, I mean she takes she tells fantastical lies. Um, yes. And uh, he's like, don't worry. And then Ernest immediately goes into his John Wayne impression. Uh, which is a fantastic impression, but I that I can't do. But it's like, hey, you there, little lady. Uh, don't worry, you're safe with us. And uh, she's immediately weirded out by him, of course. It's like, I'm Ernest, and uh, this is <laughs> Ernest Santa Claus says, Hey, and this is Ernest, and I'm Santa Claus. <laughs> and Harmony Star looks at Ernest, he goes, Surprised. <laughs> I'll never, never so get good. over his, his reaction to it. It's great. Um, it's like, no, no, I'm not. I've seen enough crazy people. I get it. Um, it's uh, this little triumvirate of Ernest, Santa Claus, and runaway teenage girl who is totally street smart is like you could have made 10 movies with, mm-hmm. with these, with, th- with this, with this trio, and I would have watched all of them. They're so great together. Um and uh, so this is where we, 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 we drop off Santa at, at, the, uh, uh, at the Children's Museum to go meet Joe Carruthers. Um, but he doesn't have any money to pay the, the fare. He does have some currency, but it is Mr. Funtime Play Money. Uh, and he, he explains that uh, I gave it away because I, I, I must have given away my real money when I, when I gave uh, play money to this kid last year. And uh, and so Ernest is like, it's all right. Don't worry about it. Shake hands. It'll be nice. Don't worry. It's on the house. Um, and uh, f- uh, uh, of course, uh, this later gets Ernest fired from the cab place because he's always given free rides to people, um, which I kind of like the idea that he would give the free ride to anybody, even if it wasn't Santa. You know, like what a nice, yeah. 
what a nice fella, you know? He's just trying to do good. I also think it's funny that that's why he gets fired and not that he's like backing down freeways and right. going to airports at like a hundred miles an hour. Yeah, that's I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if he's got a tell me about, ask me, uh, tell me how, tell me How's how my, my driving, driving is. Like, yeah, yeah, that thing. <laughs> I wanted to also point out, um, I have my uh, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal can koozie. Love that. So I can only bring that up th- at this time of year. Um, <clears throat> so uh, <laughs> I love that Har- Harmony, of course, is still just hanging out with Ernest. And uh, <laughs> says, um, oh, Santa drove off like left and he didn't take his big magic sack his only luggage from the airport um uh he has put it in the the trunk but never took it with him so Ernest still has it um and uh when he's fired they take that and the tree and they throw it at Ernest and it's very funny but um uh the um Harmony says, all this could have been avoided if you just lied. <laughs> like, say, say, tell, tell him you were mugged or something. Um, and uh, it's like, you know, he's, he just won't do that because that's not who he is. Uh, but I love that her 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 plan A to deal with any situation is just lie about Just it. lie. And but, I also like that she hangs around with Ernest because someone that is, like, street smart would see Ernest as, like, well intending, but also an easy market. I just saw oh. him give a free ride to Santa. Like, yeah. of course, I'm gonna hang around with that guy if I'm harmony, yeah. right? Like, yeah. why wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh this is also intercut with the story, um, the levels the lovely stars side story, which um which features um and I can never un- I never remember the guy's name because the other character never says it but it's um the fat guy and bobby um these these guys were mainstays of um every um earnest movie um and the tv show the very very popular kids tv show that was on at the time called hey Vern, it's earnest these guys were on it all also a little very slight almost frail, a very interesting little face on this guy, Bobby, who's almost entirely nonverbal. And then the big fat guy who I don't know actually has a name in the script because Bobby never says it, but he keeps saying, Hey, Bobby, Bobby, um, the precursor to Hank Hill. But, um, Ryan says he, it's Chuck. Is it Chuck? Chuck. Okay. Yeah. And he All wouldn't right. mislead you. He's he's an no no no. I, I believe it. I just don't remember. I don't. I don't remember Chuck. <laughs> I, I don't remember Chuck. Um, but uh, he's um, <laughs> in Joshua Charles Richard um, is uh, it's at three thirty a.m. in Malaysia. So we should have done this at a different time for Joshua Charles Richard so we could catch the live thing. But um, coward, yeah. stay up. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Thank you for tuning in at all. And also, what are you doing up, young man? Go to bed. Merry Merry Christmas Eve. Uh, <laughs> Merry to Christmas in Malaysia. Eve, for sure. Yeah. To all of our Malaysian fans, Merry Christmas Eve. Um. So uh, these guys in this movie work uh, as uh, air, air airport baggage dudes. Um, and uh, they got wait, hey, Bobby. We got nine crates coming in, and they're supposed to be picked up on the twenty fourth. 
Now, who's stupid enough to be working on the 24th? I'll tell you who. Wee who. Um, of course, B- Bobby gets uh, crushed by one of the crates falling off the conveyor belt because Bobby suffers a lot of physical torment comedy. Um, but uh, but Chuck and Bobby are great. And the movie that you watched, um, and I don't, I can still not figure out why, um, there was a different Chuck. They hired a different actor to play Chuck for that particular Ernest movie. I don't know if he ever came back, but uh, he was in the one from 1990, Ernest Goes to Jail, but he wasn't in the one from 1993. Um, and he wasn't, he just like it like he died or something tragic. Like he's, he just, maybe he's just booked for something anymore. else or something. Yeah. I, I don't, weird. I don't know, but like he's iconically that guy because he does the thing with his eyes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and and they always play a little sound effect over it, um, and it's uh, it's there you go. And it's oh it, yeah, it's only that one, only and only. I, I have no idea what happened. Was it a contract dispute? No idea. Uh, but he's he's not. He was in, like this. Is is yeah proprietary to me. So yes, I want to be paid every time I use it or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. I also oh. just I'm adoring that Ryan is as deep in the earnest vote with as you are. Like yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. Right. Yeah, we, both, we gotta, both my yeah, co-hosts. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ernest, Ernest is where it's at, man. I'll tell you. Um, but uh, they're they basically have be, have come into um, possession uh, of the eight reindeer, each in its own crate, and the sleigh. Um, and they are there. Uh, he says, "Okay, well, here we go. We got, we got. I'm looking at here at the at the manifest. It's to be p- uh, picked up by a helper, Elms." That's M, V says Bobby, M V M V M V. Look at that now. Now that see that says Elper Elms. Now uh, uh, it could be Amish. Uh, it couldn't even be Quaper. But all, all I know is it's French. It's French. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, I oh man, um, I I love the relationship between these two guys. I think it's always hilarious. Um, that Bobby is I think the smarter of the two. Um, and, uh, and also just his, his deadpan stuff is so great when they're, they put their ear up to one of the crates, see something moving in there. And then a hoof kicks through the, the thing. And the guy screams his pig scream. Chuck does, cause he has a very good pig scream. Um, and then Bobby who's standing there with the fire extinguisher takes the exact right beat before shooting the fire extinguisher at the hoof. It's. Oh, it's so good. Ah, oh, it's so good. It's so fun because I could definitely see, like, as a kid loving it, but it's also, like, you just appreciate different things about it as an adult. So it's, like, mm-hmm. it is one of the, the things that I feel like SpongeBob gets credited with this a lot of, like, entertain on all the different levels. And I think mm-hmm. because this is an honest effort at being a movie, that yeah. helps a lot. And and stuff like this is part of it, where as a kid, you're like laughing at the hoof stuff. And as adults, we're like, they performed the hell out of that. <laughs> they really I do. I mean, like, like, it's, like it's it, if, if, it's, if it's not good, it's not going to stand the test of time. Even if you're a kid, like you're a kid, you think it's funny because it's silly. But as an adult, you will watch it again because it, it actually is really It works. Good. Yeah. It works. Like the the comedic timing works. The, the, the gags work. The... The play on words works. Um, the fact that they pay off later, uh, the whole like it's helper elves, 
not helper elms yeah. and then later they do the same <laughs> gag in the in the in the stinger at the end of the movie which we'll talk about later of the what what letter is this argument between uh chuck and bobby um so uh so that so while that is all going on um uh uh vern of course uh is is the friend of um is the friend of uh <laughs> ryan Sullivan says vern vern, vern. uh um is not the, vern uh, wagner not vern wagner no <laughs> thank god <laughs> <laughs> um uh is the friend of ernest and uh this is where ernest takes us uh with the tree to vern's big christmas party now in the tv show again on abc saturday mornings my brother and i never missed it um it was a, a big hit and it was the name of it was Hey Vern, it's Ernest. The whole thing was done as though the camera was being seen through Vern's eyes. Like that's that's his point of view for the whole show. So they do a, a scene from that basically with with Ernest coming into the. Uh, uh, it's like, oh Vern, he's my he's my best friend. What a guy! Uh, he's always going to have the he throws the best parties. He's going to have the cheese balls and bean dip uh, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Harmony Star is like, well, look, I hope he doesn't have see something that I can eat, not just red meat and processed sugar. Because I think that red meat people go really aggressive, like they kill people and stuff. And uh, and then of course later she goes into the party and they're all they're all also talking to, to Vern while Ernest is trying to set up this tree and also plug in the lights, by which I mean tear out the entire electrical system of Vern's house. Um, but she's telling this. So anyway, this 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 uh this bum. Uh, sips him for a free ride, and Bobo here knocks down the meter. <gasps> Are those bacon cheeseburgers? And because she doesn't actually want things that red meat, she, she she's a liar the whole time, all the time. Of course. Um, but um, uh, so there's a uh, there's all the scenes in the children's museum where um, Chris, where where uh, where Santa Claus meets the very sweet old lady who works at the front desk, who's going to come in to, come in handy later. Um. And he uh, he meets Joe Carruthers, who's doing a little um, a little <laughs> a little talk to the kids, giving them horrible misinformation about dinosaurs. And <laughs> he's got, I mean, it doesn't matter because they're just like five year olds. But he's like, so um, uh, so anyway, dinosaurs ruled the earth for a long time, doing a puppet show. Um, it says, uh, and then something weird happened. And one of the dinosaurs um, goes, uh-oh, it's the Ice Age. Uh, 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 achoo. And, like, listen, I'm not, I don't want to quibble future Santa. <laughs> but the Ice Age, it was pretty well known and, and, and agreed upon by scientists, was not what killed the dinosaurs. As a matter of no, fact, it happened million, millions of years later. Um, Perfect. It, it's fine. No it's okay. <laughs> uh, don't worry about it. This is fine. You're telling the kids the wrong things. But it's cool. Um, well, we learned anyway, on the show, especially since this is our first live episode, um, yeah. we learned all about how aliens are what killed yeah. the dinosaurs um, on the on the show Ancient Aliens. So you can go back to that episode if you want to know what really happened with the dinosaurs. We're not going to detour too hard off of it, but dinosaurs were created by aliens for aliens to, to yeah. play with, basically. So yeah. go back and watch that yeah. one. Um, the... Uh, um, so he tries to explain to him why I've got this job for you. Um, 
and uh, this is where uh, he. So Santa, Santa says, is talking to Joe. It's like, um, you are going to be the new. Uh, and he's interrupted by uh, Joe's agent, Marty Brock, who in an earlier very brief scene, which I always love, pulls up um, uh, to a uh, <laughs> to pulls up to, to the Children's Museum in in the no parking zone. Uh, in a convertible Mercedes, uh, hops out uh, singing uh, "Jingle Bells, Checkbook Swells, Big Do's on the Way," uh, <laughs> and he he flips his keys to a mailman and says, "Hey, babe, park it in the shade." All right. <laughs> and I was like, "You are an agent who works with children's out of work children show hosts in Orlando." And you believe you are like working at uh, the biggest uh, agent firm in Los Angeles, and I love that he's under that delusion. And what a what an absolute slime ball he is! Um, fun fact: this actor, and I can't remember his name, um, uh, also appeared in a very small role in another movie that we have reviewed. Do you know what it could be? When did this come out? This came out in 89, I believe. Oh, God. It could be so many things. <laughs> so many things. So many things. Mm-hmm. What was he? What was he? He wasn't. No. Probably not. Um, what you're thinking. Do you remember a father who uh, had an inexplicable New York accent? Uh, in a movie that we watched, even though it took place in, in a different time and not New York. Oh my God! What was that? Yes, Monster Squad. Where monster the kid Squad. Is, that's what. Okay. Where, where the yeah. kid's like, there's a monster in my room. Oh, there's a monster in here. Look at all <laughs> these monsters. Yeah. And I'm like, I was like, that wasn't Transylvania Six Five Thousand, was it? I knew it wasn't Schlocktober, and I knew it was bad. He, he but was, no, 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 Monster Squad. He was the, he was a little was boy's bad. father uh, in in Monster Squad, who has one scene where he comes in and basically tells your tells his kid. You're stupid. Go to bed. Uh, but in the most over-the-top um, New York way possible, where he's like, uh, he opens the, the closet but doesn't look in and goes, ooh, look at all those monsters. And then he just, yeah. Um, anyway, Basically, so that's... Basically, was like a little less gravelly Eddie Kingston yeah, walks yeah. out. <laughs> it anyway. was, so, that's so, it was so cartoonish and they were not in New York. I do remember yeah. that standing mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Yep. And anyway. here he is. Here he is. Um, but uh, he's like, hey, excuse me. Uh, I like, <clears throat> I got to talk to you, uh, Joe. Um, amazing thing. You've been offered the lead in a, in a, in a feature um, because uh, Blake Farrell had the lead. Then he goes skiing, falls flat on his puss, ra- racks up a five grand nose job. Just like that. Do you love it? I love it. I love it. Um, and he's the absolute opposite of Santa. Like they've yeah. they've completely crafted the, the he's the, he's completely selfish. He doesn't want any anything for anybody except for himself. Um, I don't even think he, he has Joe's best interest at heart. Um, he's just he's just a a, a, a total sleazeball. Uh, so that he is there is a literal angel and devil on the shoulder of Joe Carruthers. Um, and that they that they they've set up the whole thing honestly. Like the way that it's the script is written is uh is very simplistic, 
but not in a bad way. Like it, these are very obvious tropes of storytelling over hundreds of years. You have this this character who's trying to figure out which is the right path to go down. You have a character who could not be more good uh, in Santa Claus and a character who could only be more bad if he was the literal devil in Marty Brock, Joe's agent. And I think that I think that that's that's a wonderful way of telling the story. It gets out of its own way. And that's like it working for adults and kids, right? That kind of comes back to that of just like it's easily accessible, which makes it make sense for adults and makes mm-hmm. it understandable for kids. But you're right. I love um, the juxtaposition. And again, like one errant performance in any of these things that it falls apart. Like this was another really good example of that, right? Like this was yeah. perfectly well done. Slimeball agent, exactly who yep. he should be. Like good So stuff. perfect. Um, but, uh, anyway, uh, so Joe, uh, so Marty wants Joe to go and, um, get, uh, uh tint his hair and lose the beard. Cause Joe, cause Joe's got a big bushy salt and pepper beard. Uh, and he's got salt and pepper hair. So he wants him to, to look younger for this, for this read to get in the, the in the, in this, uh, movie. Um, like, no, your beard is wonderful, Joe. Thank you. I think so too, Marty. I'm going to keep the beard for now. Uh, who is this guy? Already, I don't like him a lot. Um, and uh, eventually, uh, Joe has to go and keep an appointment to, to read, you know, uh, for, this, um, for this spot. And uh, um, he says, Marty will stay here and help you out and find whatever it is that you need. Because um, uh, he realizes he forgot his sack. Like, I must really be slipping. Um and so he tells Marty, uh, my name isn't, because he goes, Mr. Santos, uh, what is it this sack that you need? <laughs> my name is Santa Claus. Uh, and so, of course, uh, Marty Brock calls the police, and they come and arrest Santa because he is a, 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 an insane vagrant. Um, and uh, this is uh, right around the same time, because everything's intercut. The editing in this movie is honestly, like, so good. So many things are happening at once over the course of about 36 hours um, and or even less than that, really, like 27 hours. And um, it's everything is happening concurrently. So everything is edited perfectly. So one thing you believe everything is happening as one scene ends, another scene dovetails into it. And you won't believe that you're missing time in any way. It's really good. Most of these movies don't care about that. But this honestly, like, feels like it's really, really well edited. Um, I mean, we watched a Halloween movie that the whole thing was stuff had to be done by midnight, and that's we true. Were saying it was like Halloween-ish, right? Like mm-hmm. it was the next day <laughs> or whatever. Editing's yep. important, and this this was really good. Everything, yeah, it flowed really well, and yeah, you don't feel like there's any gaps or anything in this. Yeah, um, the uh, this is right around the same time uh, as he's being arrested. Um, uh, and, um, the sweet old lady at the front desk is trying to convince Marty, like, oh, I, I mean, obviously he's, he's, but he seemed so sweet and in a strange way, sincere, please. He's obviously crazy. Um, so, uh, we see, um, Ernest go out to his, uh, truck to get bolt cutters to try and fix all the electrical problems. Um, and, uh, he goes out to his truck and he, curiosity gets the better of him 
and he looks in the sack. And he opens it up and light shines forth from within it. And I just love this moment where he's looking into the sack and he looks up and goes, he's him. Like he had, he did not believe it. He didn't believe it. He believed he loves Santa and he loves the whole thing of Christmas, but he didn't believe it until he saw it for himself. He saw the magic. So I love that Ernest was a skeptic while being a respectful one until he was like, oh, no, no, no. This magic is real. And therefore I am all in. This guy is Santa. We got to, we got to fix everything. I think there's a wonderful like little moment where he does it. Um, and even the lady at the front desk, like you said, like, yeah. Um, Again, completely fair to think I'm reaching in this, but like I do feel like there's lessons we've seen Ernest be the outcast. We see like people with Santa here. Like, there's something to how people react to people that you might think are off. That like it's kind of nice and refreshing, especially in this time. Yeah. Uh, in 1989, like feels kind of advanced that uh, there to even just be dimension and how people treat people who might right. seem off. Right. Um, not to mention like that one of those dimensions is like respect and nice and on judgment. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I loved that scene too. There's just something, uh, that it feels like a moment in time when you see like him open the bag and the mm-hmm. light shine up. Like the, that's like the scene I remember from when I was a kid. I feel like more than anything. That's a good one. Um, there were, um, so many, um, there are so many like, questions about santa like that people would have if we were like okay let's say you were trying to convince somebody that santa was real and they would have these questions okay well how how does he do this and how does he do this or whatever right um and this movie nonchalantly answers a lot of them like the sack part how does he fit all the toys in the sack well it's just an endless void of pure goodness as light and when he when because santa knows the magic and can control it he can reach in and grab an orb of glowing light and that is the person's gift because he knows what he can control that magic um which is a really interesting way of framing it that i had not ever thought about until now um and uh, until I you know, until you see the movie, um, but it is really well done the way that they actually handle some of these things. So there's a point where, um, and they show you, not tell you. Like I love that about this movie. Right. There's so much. Yeah. It just yeah. is the story. It's not like like in the Santa Claus when he goes down the stovepipe or whatever. Like there's things like that. But like I just love that. Um, it's it just. They show you by it just being a part of the movie instead of having some grand overture on thing. Right. Which is nice. So so they're driving away from Vern's house, presumably because he called the police. Um, and uh, they, um, Harmony is trying to convince Ernest that there's no way this can work. How, how does he f- visit all the children in one night? It doesn't exactly correspond with the laws of time and travel. So no, 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 no. If you multiply... The lines of longitude by blah blah blah. Uh, carry the one. It just might work. Um, and then he, then she's like, "Well, where where's his sleigh? Where is reindeer?" We cut to the reindeer, whatever. Then we we show this little clearing, this little uh, office park, where Ernest shows her shows Harmony the bag, 
um, and opens it up and she sees it for the first time. And I love that her immediate thing is, whoa, spooky Tuesday. Like that's <laughs> what, a, what a crazy thing for her to say. Not, not holy shit, but was spooky Tuesday is great. It's a wonderful thing for a kid. Now, here's the thing. She spends the entire movie trying to pretend that she's older than she is. Because even though she's obviously 18, the character is supposed to be 14, right? And I love that she spends the entire movie trying to pretend she's older than she is. But in the moments where her guard drops, she's that little girl again. And so Spooky Tuesday is something that she decided to say when she was a kid. And that comes out in that moment because she can't control it because she's so surprised by it. It's little little touches like that that make uh, the way they write her and the way that, that Noelle Parker, um, the actress, performs it. Um, works so well. Michael Dammit helps us out with his thing. Here's factoid. Noel Parker was born on Christmas Day in 1971. Oh my gosh. Well, it was written in the stars for her to play this then. So uh, in two that. days, uh, happy uh, 52nd, well, 51st birthday, don't want uh, to, uh, to, to, to Noel Parker. Um, um, so he tries it. And she's like, he says, no, 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 don't, don't, don't put your hand in there. Like, you know where that bag's been. It could be some kind of portable <laughs> core meltdown or something. Because I love how people were so scared of the, this, the whole nuclear thing. It was so great. And, uh, and uh, she, re- she reaches in there and pulls out this glowing orb. And she says, see, I knew it. Now you're nuked, man. Which is a wonderful way of just, It's so good. Um, and, uh, um, and he's saying, unless I'm wrong, and I hardly ever am, this is for you. Uh, and he keeps pulling out crap that's not anything that she wants because he can't control the magic because he's not Santa. Um, and uh, it's 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 a really fun little scene, a little montage of him pulling out crazy things out of there um, and her just going, no. Um, and there is so much of this, like you said, about how they kind of handle questions because uh, I before I knew Santa was real, I had to go through a lot of questioning and one thing I remember vividly as a kid doing was I remember vividly there was a night where I had a sleepover with my sister in her room and I think it was literally like July I don't know why it came up then but I was like I just in that moment needed to know if Santa was real and she just wanted to go to sleep and I started hounding her because I knew my parents were gonna you know try and pull wool over my eyes right so I hounded her and uh, there's I remember specifically as a kid picking parts of movies being like, okay, but if this happens, then that, like, to answer them in this way, even of just like, well, it has to, Santa's sack is magic, but it has to be Santa that uses it is also a really fun thing of like, right. well, it's not just the sack, it's the guy in the sack and they have to go together is like such a yep. great um, explanation of it. I, I just love it. Yeah. Um, uh, this is, this is where um, that Ernest brings the sack to the children's museum, but it's locked. Um, and so he can't give it back to him. Um, and so they decide they're going to, you know, give it back, try and come back to the children's museum in the morning. Maybe Santa lives there. I don't know. And we're going to figure out a way to get him. But of course, Santa has been booked into the jail. Uh, will not give any name other than Santa Claus, which 
there's a tiny hole if you know that if they owe the ending of the movie that he could just say this other thing but i understand why they don't have him do it but he could have um they would have kept hounding him for hours apparently to get him to tell them a different name any name other than santa claus and he refused to do so but at the very end of the movie he's like oh here's another name and i just think it's kind of like whatever um but it is so, what's uh, on his passport in his defense it is like, on his passport his name should align with what's on his passport um uh they they take his fingerprints and his fingerprints are snowflakes which I just think is a really cute little thing that when you it's so Santa Claus, you have set you have your fingerprints that are snowflakes. No two alike. No two are alike. You know that uh, fingerprints and also snowflakes. So why not combine the two of them? It's um, perfect. And I also love the idea of having to book Santa. Like that's such yeah. a funny, like perfect yeah. thing. <laughs> um. Anyway, so they they put him into holding, um, and just leave him there. Uh, and then we get um in the morning. Uh, Ernest's house, which is basically Pee Wee's house from Pee Wee's Big Adventure, with yeah. all the stuff on the front lawn. Um, and uh, <laughs> um, Harmony Star has slept the night on the couch at Ernest's house. Um, and he is in the kitchen making uh, making pancakes, uh, flipping them up, and they never come down. Uh, <laughs> and that's a gag that keeps happening over and over again, and it's very funny. Um, and he's trying to convince her about, you know, um, I was wondering because we, we, I was wondering how he got into our house because we didn't even have a chimney. I thought he must have forced himself into the into the heating system, into the heat ducts. Um, and uh, so uh, they, they, he basically convinces her enough of it to to come with him to do this thing. There's a great part where. He's been flipping pancakes up to the ceiling the whole time. They never come down at different places throughout throughout the living room and kitchen. <laughs> and then he holds a plate out, and they come down in one big stack. And <laughs> I've always thought that was a really clever gag. Um, it's great. And so they they go to the to the um, uh, to the children's museum, and Ernest uh, asks the very cute, the very sweet old lady at the front desk, um, "I'm here to try and find Santa Claus." Um, oh, you mean that that very that nice old man who got arrested last night? Oh, Santa Claus! Santa Claus got busted. I gotta go. Um, and so they they are able to he he and the fourteen year old runaway are able to <laughs> bust out Santa out of jail by impersonating people who may or may not exist. So this is what I love about the, the years before Google, um, or I guess even cell uh, phones that worked. Because um, he shows up and he's got his hair slicked back and these, these glasses and a terrible little suit. Uh, and he says, my name is Clement, Asta Clement, and I am here for the governor's task force to do a surprise inspection of your jail chief, Spanks. Um, and, he's, and, and this is the governor's niece, Mindy. Uh, and then she's actually playing like 13, 12, 13 years old. Um, yes. and she, and, and she's got a little, she's got a little schoolgirl outfit, big pigtails. And this is the way government really works. Um, but this is, she kept, keeps asking him all these questions. The chief, um, um, did, did you get elected into office or did you just buy your way in? 
I was like, well, <laughs> let me tell you a little something about American politics. Mindy. There you go. Because uh, the answer to that one is the same for every politician. Um, but I, uh, I thought that this is this is great because they've to 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 bend over backwards to accommodate this guy from the governor's office and the governor's niece makes sense until you feel like uh, the chief could say to his little toady who's walking around with him the whole time, get on the phone and call the governor's office and make sure this guy's actually this guy. But they never think about doing that because why? Why? Why not? Um, so they go and they visit Santa in the jail cell. Um, and uh, they ask for a tour of the jail cells. And uh, Santa, by the way, has is been there overnight and has all these hardened, like like gang members and stuff, uh, in his cell singing uh, the Twelve Days of Christmas uh, as he's conducting them. Um, uh, and so uh, they come in to visit him. He's like, who, who is this one? Uh, this is a uh, Mr. Santos. Mr. Santos, how have you been treated since you've been here? Um, and uh, my name is Santa Claus. Excuse me. Um, did he say Santa Claus? Um, uh, this this thinks he's Santa Claus, and you have him in here with ordinary harmless criminals? Um, which is exactly... How the penal system viewed anyone with any kind of mental disability at the time was that they were far more dangerous. Um, and so it is funny in that way, too. But um, and then this one guy gets up and goes, excuse me, but he really is Santa Claus. He's <laughs> like, see that infectious insanity. You have to get this guy out of here. I'm going to call the governor's office. Um, so they release Santa uh, under the... <laughs> recognizance of this guy who they just met, who he says he's from the governor's office. And I really wish they had extrapolated that to literally anybody else. Like he could, could have released anybody from jail. Um, but uh, that works. It, it totally works. Uh, Harmony is very surprised that it works. Um, and uh, so uh, then Ernest gets to tell Santa that he knows he's real and he's like, super excited about it. And Erna and, and Harmony is like, God, take hey, take a chill. Let's just chill out, okay? Um, and uh, um, uh, she still doesn't believe in you, says Ernest. He's like, Oh, she's been that way ever since that Christmas when I brought her a doll instead of a baseball mitt, haven't you, Pamela? And this wonderful look crosses over her face of of doubt. And I mean, again, like, it's one of those things. If you said it was of some, somebody, like, like, who is somebody that you saw as a young actor that, that you were sure was going to be big and whatever reason did not? I mean, this, it, it's Noel Parker for me. Like, like every little moment of, of, of real acting that they ask her to do is so, so well done in this. Um, and it just, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me that, um, I don't know anything about her actual history of what happened afterwards, but just like, I can't, I can't, I can't believe there's so many, so many women in their twenties working through the nineties who were terrible, terrible actresses, <laughs> like terrible and in big movies with big parts and Noelle Parker could have outshine all of them. You know, she just wasn't in the vehicle that something like Santa with muscles is. Like that right, launched Taylor Lacuna is clearly, right, and right. we all know what a what a box office smash that movie was. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. 
220 um, grand, I think. It yeah, I think so. You're right. Um, in two theaters over two weekends. Um, so um, they uh, they now now they need to find out where Joe is, uh, so they can convince him of it. Show him the sack. He'll figure out what's going on. Um, they uh, they go and they um oh they they're, they're this is a wonderful thing where they're uh where Santa explains why he can't be Santa anymore, and it's very um sweet and feels real and everything like um I took over the mantle of Santa Claus in 1889 so 100 years prior from a German chap he says and I loved every second of it so why don't you want to be Santa anymore well it's not that at all it's just that um the with with the, with the passage of time the magic fades um and there's something they do with it um, that is almost akin to a um, somebody who's getting older and realizes they don't, they're not as sharp as they used to be. And the recognition that one day they're not going to remember certain things or whatever, but knowing that every day it's going to get worse and worse and worse, and then extrapolating that and putting it onto Santa Claus is one of the saddest things that I can imagine. You know, somebody like with all, with early onset Alzheimer's realizing, oh yeah, no, I'm I'm one one day I'm just never going to know anything anymore. Yeah. It's all going to be gone. And knowing that, but you're also Santa Claus is a really really like very sad uh, way of of looking at it. But it's absolutely the story that they're telling with with Santa that he's keeps forgetting things he doesn't know that's why he uh he gave Bobby Bitterman hundreds of dollars in real cash as opposed to money um because he's losing it a little bit he says i risk really be slipping he leaves his sack in the in the trunk like he's he needs to make sure that he passes this on to somebody else now because if he doesn't then that's not only it for him that's it for santa that's it for christmas that's a, that's a very that it's it's a it's a there's some really heavy stuff this movie deals with if you think about it as an adult like in in the way that we know how the world works it's a very 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 profound somehow Ernest saves Christmas is a very profound tale of the human spirit look we saw that with Marcel the shell with shoes on right there were like moments that shook us with that but yeah I loved this too because. In the same way that, like, Jim Varney is so overstated with his facial expressions, but so gentle in his tonality is something I really like. I loved that this was, like, this immortal legend getting very humanized is something that's really fun. And again, for kids, it closes the gap of, like, well, how does Santa live forever kind of thing without being like, well, he's a ghost, but he's a person, like... I really liked the idea that it gets passed on and it kind of says like it's the spirit of what happens that gets passed on. But I it's I really like when there's like complexities to things and you mm-hmm. don't assume kids are completely stupid right. um, because there's things that will pass over their heads. But there's also things like little kids would try and draw parallels with this stuff of right. like mm-hmm. um, yeah. and, and ask questions. But yeah, when you watch it back as an adult, it's... Uh, 
it's a pretty like unbelievably tender thing and that it's kind of in not only Santa, but like in the guise of like this completely affable Ernest Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Noel Parker, like softening and uh, like all of this coming together at once is like such a, a really nice combination of things here, but yeah, yeah, really, really good. And a really, again, like, um, we never see this with Santa Claus. He, he never has a flaw. He's a guy, he'll have adversity where he's like up against circumstances, but it's never like, you, you never see Santa's internal struggles or questioning. Yeah. Like really, really cool. And for 1989, especially yeah. like yeah, pretty ahead of its its time in that way. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah, there's just some, some very, um, like I said, profound ways of, of looking at all of this. Um, uh, the, this is the next one is, uh, uh, they have to find out where, where Joe is. So they go to Marty Brock's office and this is Ernest. Um, and I'm Ryan will know the name of this character. Uh, the old lady with the neck brace and the hat and the glasses. Um, uh, Linda's cousin. Um, and, um, <laughs> But um, uh, so she walks this very, very gentle sloping steps up to the front of the building with a walker. And you just hear him in character as the lady go, these steps might as well be Mount Everest. Um, and, <laughs> and then we, we, the receptionist says, hello, Marty Brock. And uh, it's uh, Ernest in character. Uh, as this old lady finishes the sentence, like, hello, Marty Buck is my second born son without a sliver of gratitude, <laughs> who wouldn't even pick up his own mother at the airport. Um, and uh, and it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure he just didn't know that you were coming. There's no, don't side with him, dearie, there's no future in it. Um, it's like, <laughs> it's like I I need to find my son. I need him to help me with my will. Having walked from the airport, I'll be dead soon. It was uh, it's some really great, really great dialogue and perfect uh, performance by Jim Varney as this old lady. <laughs> um, and uh, and so we never see her acquiesce. And given the details to him of, of where Marty Brock is, we just know it's working. Uh, so we, we cut back outside of uh, Santa and Harmony talking to each other. Um, and uh, so, so um, um, and when was the last time you talked to your mother? Um, you, you've been gone for a month, such a long time for a girl your age. Oh, no. so everybody thinks I'm a young, but I'm actually, I'm, I'm 22. It's like, oh, I, I confused you with, with, a, with, a, with a young girl. Um, who, uh, whose parents had some difficulties over the past year, and uh, she started to feel like maybe she deserves some attention too. Um, and there's Harmony Star realizing that he's got her dead cold, uh, and um, and it, in her throat, it catches like, no, uh, no, I don't know anybody like that. And that's such a wonderful touch as a young uh, actress to get that like like recognition of no you you totally you totally know that he's talking about you and you're not a good enough even though you're a great liar 
you, the character, Harmony Star, Pamela uh, Trenton, her actual name, isn't a good enough actress to mask that moment so it catches in her throat. That lie catches in her throat. She's lying to Santa about who she is yeah. and why she's on the run. It's a it's a fantastic performance. I'll never and to stop have a like a physical reaction to that is so great. Like, oh, good stuff. Um, she uh, so anyway, um, Ernest sh- shows up, and then we got it. We now we know they're at the picture. They're at the you know place where they're filming the movie or whatever. Um, uh, so, um. They're doing some test shoots, is what they're doing. Um, so Harmony stays back at Ernest's house to guard the sack, and uh, Ernest takes uh, Santa with him. Um, and uh, so, um, <laughs> uh, this is the way that they sneak into the, to the movie studio is uh, they've stenciled poorly. Apopka Snake Ranch. Apopka is a place in Florida. I had to look it up when I got old enough to figure out what the hell is Apopka. Oh, it's a swamp. It's a swampy town in Florida. Um, uh, and he's like this. And he gets out. He's a, a snake rancher with like dark circles under his eyes and missing teeth and a big floppy hat and bad suspend rope suspenders. Is this where the horror movie folk be? Uh, I got some snakes. For the horror movie folk. Uh, and he eventually convinces the security guard not to look under the tarp in the back of the truck because that's where Santa Claus is hiding. Uh, because uh, it, it, if he does, he's going to get beat, bit by a rattlesnake uh, and then uh, and then he'll die. Uh, it's it's a really great, it's a wonderful toy touch. It's like, uh, would, would you like a pet one for your boy? I gave one to my boy last year. And then he starts singing taps or something. Yeah, it's so like, good. Like he gave one to his child, and his child is now dead. Uh, it's a wonderful touch. Um, so then he drives through, and uh, Santa's able to sneak onto the set. And that's 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 Jim Varney playing all of his crazy characters in every movie he does because because he was the the genesis of my ridiculousness. And like. It's fun because he's not just playing those characters. It's always motivated him play like totally. he has motivation to be playing those characters as Ernest. So it's yep. it's so fun that there's like an end game where he yeah. like has to put this thing on so that a piece of whatever mission he's on gets accomplished. It's such right. a a fun a fun fun device. Yeah. Um. So. So. Um. So. Uh, Santa sneaks sneaks into the set right before the guy the, the PA walks over to lock the door because they're on air. He sneaks yes, of right, course. In. Uh, and that PA does not care that this man who he's never seen before has snuck on the set. Don't Which, because I was a PA uh for for a few months in Los Angeles, I can tell you that's accurate. Accurate did, checks did, out. Did not get paid enough. Uh, did not get paid enough. To care. Shit. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, so. Uh, the um, he watches this scene being filmed um, where uh, where Joe, as whatever character he is, is putting two kids to bed on Christmas Eve. I know, get, get up there. You gotta go. You gotta get sleep before Santa won't come. Um, and uh, and so the direct uh, one thing I love about this is the way that they that they have 
created the movie within the movie, the director is an absolute moron. The director of the movie within the movie is just a moron. Fantastic. Um, the producer is a is a slick talking a hole, and I believe the his the director's assistant is the only smart one in the bunch. But she's a woman, so she's not listened to. It's of course it's a perfect microcosm of how movies are made. I love that the director of the of Ernest Saves Christmas is like, let's make the director of this movie an, an idiot. absolute moron. It's fantastic. <laughs> and and have none of his own ideas at all. Yes. Like he's yeah. he's directing Joe through the scene in the test shooting. Uh, and so uh uh he's like uh so uh, hey uh why don't, you, why don't you put out the uh put out the presents uh, you're bubbling over with the uh the uh and and she has to say christmas spirit christmas spirit that's good it's my idea um and is he, he he's dumb he doesn't he, he's just dumb uh most uh, uh theater directors i've worked with are also dumb i don't know where they where they how they get the the, the like the wherewithal to direct movie but like it's always like you got the assistants always have the, the better ideas than the director itself uh the, the, the all the magic of doing theater is all done by the designers lighting designers costume designers set designers all of them come up with their own ideas and then the director says this was my vision all along but that wasn't their vision like 75 <laughs> percent of directors i've worked with in the theater are just just overstuffed idiots um and i hope some of them are watching um, so anyway, um, this was, this is great because the, he's like, Hey, you hear something outside? What is it? You better go and check. Uh, and they open the door and it is the quintessential earnest alien, which is to say, uh, the creature from the black lagoon, slightly augmented, but dripping tinsel and weird shiny stuff <laughs> for no reason. Uh, but that is the way all aliens were depicted in the, in the, um, the Ernest and Vern show, um, and uh, and he grabs a gun out of nowhere. Like you know, he he grabs apparently a loaded gun from under the Christmas tree where it was not protected by anything. If you I can watch the watch box, where did he get the gun from? Was it in his robe? Because he's wearing a robe in the scene. Nope, he got it from under the Christmas tree. And he says, "Die, you son of a son of a <sighs> cut." What's going on? I, I I sort of sort of sort of can't say that says Joe, not like uh, not in front of them. Uh, like, but there's nothing they haven't heard before. Not from me. Um, uh, so he's just a very sweet sweet guy, and he says oh, we're not into gratuitous bad language here, Joe. You, you, it's got to be you got you need to we need to see your anger, otherwise entirely unmotivated later when you pick up that axe and you hack him to pieces, uh, and and that's when Santa's like there like oh my good heavens. Uh, <laughs> I, I, this this show is called Christmas Sleigh. I own a sleigh. I don't know what's going. No, 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 no. Not sleigh. 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 S L A Y. It's all about an alien who comes down from outer space and terrorizes a couple of kids over Christmas vacation. And of course, uh, that makes Santa so raging mad that he punches the director in the face by doing this. Which is just a wonderful way Santa wouldn't know how to throw a punch. He does this and punches him in the face. Um, Pops him. I don't know why he wasn't immediately arrested for assault. He was arrested for saying his name was Santa earlier. But he's not arrested for, for trespassing. 
and assault. He's not because Joe says, listen, hey, let me talk to the guy. You know, he's obviously bound and determined to talk to me. Let him give me, give him five minutes. It'll be fine. And everyone's like, you know what? It's fine. He, he may have broken the director's nose, but it'll be okay. Don't worry about it's it. It's um, fine. It's fine. It'll heal. Um, we're very, we're very, very understanding people here who yes, are on uh, the set. Fa- yeah. Yeah. On the set. Um, so this is where he explains the thing to Joe and Joe is very patient with him and has a few questions. It was like, no, no, no. I, I, I'll, you'll listen. All this stuff will be explained to you. It totally makes sense. He actually, he knows exactly. Do, do I'm all the kids in the world in one night. No, 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 no. A, a lot of children have cultural beliefs that don't include Santa Claus. Um, uh, but still, do you know how many kids there are in the world? One billion seven hundred ninety-four million. But he's like he knows exactly oh, down to the child. Um, oh, that's a ballpark figure. But um, at the hundred and forty-two. But that's a ballpark figure. Um, and uh, and um, uh, he uh, he says, "Look, you obviously really enjoy this." Um, why don't you just continue being Santa Claus? And then he says, think of it as a torch, a torch which must be passed on or the torch dies out, which is a wonderful way of, of describing it. But he says, um, uh, I have done this longer than I should have because I loved it so much. Every time... I watch this when he gets to the scene. I can't help but tear up because the way that the Douglas Seal performs it, it's so perfect. He says, I loved it so much. And you can tell he's really going to miss it. But he has to do it. But he yeah. has to give it up. That is, ah, that I don't know how that's not affecting to anybody. You, if you, you would, you know, everyone has that thing that they know they've got to stop doing, but they're really going to miss. For me, it's pizza. I'm going to miss it so much, but I got to lose it. <laughs> so, so anyway. Or um, even it's... like, that's what I love is like the, there's all these human elements and all of this silliness, right? And that's like a perfect example of one of them. Like, Santa is so human. Because even if you haven't had like a hobby you've had to give up or whatever, you've yeah, had to yeah. give up a sure. relationship, draw yeah. a boundary with someone. Like, it's such a... It's so well executed. It's so, mm-hmm. so well done. Yeah. Um, uh, he says, um, uh, but now I've, I've taken to making notes. You can't, you can't do it that way. It's, it, 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 you, you can't, you can't do it that way. Um, it's, it's not going to work out. Um, uh, I, we need somebody else. It's time. It's time for someone else to take over this. It's time for you, Joe. Uh, and, like there's this this just because the guy plays Joe is also very good at this and he's just like you can tell he really really wants this to be true, but knows it can't possibly be, like yeah. it's insane. But gosh, I really wish this was true. Wouldn't that be great? I'd love to be Santa. You know, there's this wonderful little moment of that. Um, and but Santa leaves the meeting with Joe convinced Joe's on board, and I just like how his sense of optimism is great. Um, so, uh, they, uh, oh, this is also while Ernest is waiting, uh, Hey, you're the snake guy, huh? Uh, yeah. Uh, and then they dump a bucket of snakes in the back of his truck 
and they and they leave, and he goes, "Oh yeah, thanks. I'll uh, count them later." <laughs> As though that's a thing that you would have to do with snakes. Um, but they drive out, uh, uh, and they park somewhere, and Ernest is throwing snakes out of the back of his uh, truck. <laughs> Uh, turns around later and there's snakes all over his face. Um, but this is where um, Santa says, oh, I've arranged for my helpers to pick up the reindeer from the airport. Uh, and then we'll meet Joe at the Children's Museum at 7 o'clock. He must, he must leave uh, by 7 o'clock at the latest in order to get every, every toy delivered by the end of the night. Um, so, well, you're, you're never going to get your boys from, 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 from the airport to downtown at rush hour? Not going to be possible. I got to go help them. Uh, so, um, meanwhile, while this is happening, Harmony is at the, uh, at the, uh, at the, at Ernest's house trying to get something good out of, out of the, uh, anything. Out of the sack. It's so good. A stereo, some jewelry, something I can sell so I can get out of here. Um, and, uh, she doesn't, is not able to, to do it. Um, and she has to hide all the things that she, that, that she pulled out erroneously, um, <laughs> or rice erroneously. Right. Um, uh, and, uh, and if she doesn't do that, she's going to be found out. So she hides everything just in time for them to get back. And, um, she also, um, uh, switches. She's like, I need more time. I need to keep looking for things. Cause eventually I'm, something's going to come out of it. It's going to be worth something. Um, so, uh, she uses some random piece of, of identical cloth to the sack cloth. And makes a, a separate sack that's full of feathers this time, um, and uh, is able to switch or, switch a it with the real sack, uh, and stores it in Ernest's boat. By the way, Ernest is a cab driver in Orlando who owns a boat. Uh, yes, yeah, he's doing really well for himself um, as an out out of work cab driver. Um, but uh, so, um, Ernest drives. Santa with the fake sack to Joe's and Ernest has got to get over to the airport. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Harmony has said, um, I think I have something else to do. So I'm going to do that instead. Uh, my, <laughs> my cousin called me cause she knew I was staying at Ernest's house and she had his number. She doesn't say that part, but that's the immediate quibble I would have with this. Sure. How did your cousin know where to find you? Um, uh, but anyway, she says she has some uh, some clothes for me. Yeah, that's the ticket. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna go find this some trying some clothes for my cousin who's in town. Yeah, that's right. Um, and nobody even thinks to question her. Um, no. Uh, but um, so she takes the 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 real sack and she runs to the train station and and she she throws a few wadded up dollar bills at the guy behind the counter and says. Uh, where would you like to go? Doesn't uh, how much? How far will this get me? Where would you like to go? Doesn't matter. Anywheres, uh, which is how you know she's really originally from the Midwest because she said anywheres. Anywheres. Um, yep. Um, it'll probably get you Miami. Uh, well, it can't get you much further than that because because if you go in that direction from Orlando, that's as far as you can go on a train. See, uh, if you're going the other way, could have been further. But um, and so she has to wait until six forty. Till the train uh, would get there uh, because um, there's nothing earlier on Christmas Eve. So she's sitting there the whole time and she gets to stew in her own guilt. Um, and she's great at, at, at projecting the guilt that she's feeling for stealing Santa's sack. It's so um, good. 
and then she's still get she's getting bombarded with it because there's a single mom traveling with a, a bratty older brother and a sweet younger brother and the sweet young brother's uh, sorry younger sister and she's like oh, but if Santa goes to our old house instead of our new house then how will he and the brother's like you don't still believe in that stuff do you um and so she's got it she's she's watching all this while realizing that she's got Santa's sack it's great it's that's it's some great stuff um so Santa goes and visits Joe in Joe's house and Joe's already shaved cuz he's got to do the movie uh, and he's like, he's like, no, but Joe, it's fine. We'll, we'll have to figure something out. It'll be fine. Uh, we got to get to the children's museum so you can, so you can look, like, but I'm not doing it. I wish it was true, but it can't be. What is, what is this? My magic sack. It's full of feathers. Yes, I know it's feathers. I know <laughs> the real sack was taken, but I have, I have absolute faith that we return to us at the children's museum. Yeah, I got it. Listen, thanks, but no thanks. And I love this moment where 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 uh, says Joe, Joe, search your heart. There must be something that convinces you of the truth. In a way, I wish there was, but I haven't seen it yet. That's a really sweet little thing, you know. Um, there's a wonderful little uh, interaction between uh, Santa and this other old man, this old black man on the bench at the bus station. Uh, and he's like, uh, the old guy says, "Say, you looks like something's awfully wrong." Like, yeah. Uh, I just misjudged somebody, that's all. Well, you can't judge a book by its cover. No, sir. And it was just this very sweet interaction between old two old men. It was men. so cute. Yeah. It was very sweet. Um, so he asked, he leaves. It's just a, oh, it's such a great symbolic thing where he just takes the sack, which he's worthless. Just a piece of cloth and a rope and some feathers, and he throws feathers, it in the trash and he throws it in the trash can. Santa, disgusted with this thing, realizing that he's misjudged somebody so poorly that he throws him in there. It's like Medusa um, with the belt, man. And and the and the the uh, the feathers float away, and in my head, Canon, one of those feathers ends up at the beginning of Forrest Gump. That's what I think. I think Ooh. one of the feathers. I think these movies are connected somehow. That's that's my conspiracy. They're very theory. similar. Yeah. So story. Um, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, anyway, uh, so he goes to the to the children's museum, and he's just going to sit there and wait, I guess. Uh, hopefully, Jewel actually shows up. Hoping the sack shows up. Hoping the reindeer show up. Uh, like just blind hope. This is on a this whim. Is who, on a whim, Santa. Hoping everything works out. Um, uh, so they now they start to intercut all this stuff with Harmony at the train station, and Ernest uh, goes in to try and pick up the reindeer. Right, and they're all flying around on the ceiling. There's a great moment in there. Where Chuck and Bobby get visited by AS the, uh, the Animal Control, and it's like I'm sure Animal Control also. I wish they would have like put a little line in here. This is the fifth reindeer call we've been sent on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everyone loves to prank Animal Control with, "Oh, I think I hear reindeer on my roof." Can we get this over with, please, fellas? Um, but uh, but there are actual reindeers. Like, oh no 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 no, flying reindeer. Uh, no, you, that's not us. You need air traffic control. We're going to leave now. <laughs> um, uh, there's also this great moment where they're all flying around up there. And uh, and Chuck says, hey, Bobby, call me crazy, but better safe than sorry. Puts up an umbrella. Which yes. Was oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Very great. So um, good. But, but Ernest shows in, comes in. It's like, That's hey, someone hey, who knew uh, what was coming down the line with Sharknado, by the way. That guy true. was like, 
Yeah. I know what's coming. Um, Ernest says, uh, hey, so uh, guys, <clears throat> what are we doing here? Um, I, 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 I got to pick up, you know, some, some rain. I got to pick up these reindeer. I got to leave these reindeer uh, down, downtown, like pronto. Let's go. And he says, uh, hey, your name Elms? No, Ernest. Your name ain't Elms? No, Ernest. Well, we've been holding these reindeer for a guy named Elms. Um, we got some real good questions, and you better have some real good answers. Which I just think is wonderful writing. Um, and so, uh, do you? Let me ask you this first question, guys. Do you believe in Santa Claus? For some, for some reason, I knew this. Oh, he also does this amazing thing with his toothpick. Where he's like, yeah. <laughs> for some reason, I knew this. This this question was going to come up. And he looks up and does the eye thing because he's he's great. Um, cut back to them a little later, and they're like, "No, I got no." Claims I know customs war, quarantine waiver. I got no second party pickup. I got well, then you ain't got no reindeer. This has all been, of course, also intercut with the elves arriving on the same flight, um, that Santa took earlier the earth the other day. Um, and you can tell it's them because they're very small and they have pointy ears. Um, yes. and anyway, they, they go they go through the uh, <laughs> they have their passports and their names are pyramus and thisby uh one one uh one uh one fella and one lady elf and they say thanks skippy because he just says why not it's christmas ain't it again um and uh so they show up um and he says um uh we are we are holding uh these reindeer for some guy named helper elms says chuck helper elves that's us and he says, uh, well, you guys got I got ID. They take off their hats and they have pointy ears. And he's, well, <laughs> that ought to do it. <laughs> so good. Um, and so they, they move them out, boys. And they all fly into the back of Ernest's rented uh, a cargo van. Um, and uh, they start driving out of the, the thing. And they, um, I don't know why Ernest couldn't just leave the regular way probably because he's earnest but he has somehow con- invented a contraption that is a very large remote that somehow works the gate of uh the the back gate of the of the airport cargo area and he drives over the severe tire damage stuff and blows out all the tires uh so they can't drive to they couldn't even drive to the thing if they if they wanted to this is of course all also intercut with joe uh having a evening meeting with the director and the producers and stuff to sign the contract to, to start in Christmas sleigh. Now keep in mind these, Chris, these, uh, these kind of features usually generate sequels. Christmas sleigh two, three. Of course. Four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause this was going to be like another Friday the 13th, you know, <laughs> uh, every year, like clockwork, every a new Christmas sleigh comes out. Um, so, uh, so he's being told, what, you know, like this is also happening there. Uh, so, Ernest and the elves get the idea to maybe just fly the sleigh with all the reindeer from here to downtown. That should—that's a hop, skip, and a jump should be pretty easy. Um, no, not 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 easy at all. Um, and uh, uh, so they're, they're they've decided to do this. Um, 
the only way to start the whole thing is by saying on on dash or on dancer or whatever, which is a kind of a fun way to like start the whole thing off. Um, and they're flying around, uh, and the air force <laughs> sees them on their radar and scrambles some jets to take them down. Um, cause they don't, in the, they, in, it's great. Um, and like, hang on to your later hose and razor ears. We're going to drop under their radar and, uh, go through a toll booth. Uh, ho, 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 Merry Christmas. Uh, this, this is all great. It's all intercut perfectly. All the editing of this final sequence is so it's tight. It's so tight. Um, there's literally a ticking clock at every location they go to. Harmony's got to, like, the, 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 the train leaves at 640. Um, they got, everyone's got to be at this thing by 7. Uh, uh, Joe, if it, like, he's got to not sign the contract, even though I'm pretty sure he could get, he could get out of it later if he was Santa Claus. But he's yeah. got to not sign the contract before he leaves. Um, and Ernest has got to get the reindeer over there. All this is, is also good. Um, er, Joe sees out the window Ernest erratically flying the, because uh, he can't, he doesn't know how to fly the thing. He says yeah. there ain't been, he says there ain't been a vehicle made that I can't drive. Which is false because this is the thing that's been made that he can't drive. Um, eventually, they go into space. He hits like the super speed button, and they, they're going around the Earth so fast. Which is how Santa can deliver all the toys because they've got like they've got a hyperdrive in the yeah. sleigh. Um, and uh, so Joe uh, realizes. I love it. He looks at. He sees the reindeer and he says, "He's him. I'm him." And that's a wonderful thing for him to realize. I'm, I'm now. I can, I get to be Santa. And so he tries to drive, and he's in bad traffic. Everyone's in bad traffic. Um, uh, Harmony um, realizes that she's done the wrong thing when, um, when the, the, the like, there's no such thing as Santa, says the older brother. Don't say that to her. There is a Santa, and this is his magic sack. Well, if that's Santa sack, why do you have it? All right, then. Now I've just realized I've done the wrong thing. Yeah, and I must, so I must sprint across downtown Orlando to get this sack back to, back to Santa. Um, and, uh, and so all these things are happening all at once as everything's going back together. First, Harmony gets there. And, uh, oh, this is a wonderful thing where, like, the, the old lady at the front desk of the Children's Museum closes up. Um, and sits with Santa and they have a little meet cute and they get to know each other. Um, and she, without needing to see any magic, she believes. She's the one. She's the one in the entire movie, this sweet old lady, who doesn't need to see any magic. Um, she's like, I haven't believed in Santa Claus since 1931 or whatever. Uh, you're, uh, your smart Alex sister thought it was time you learned the quote unquote truth. Um, I'm so sorry you got busted. Um, and then up runs uh, Harmony, and uh, she's got tears in her eyes. She's out of breath and everything. And um, uh, Santa takes the sack from her, says, "Welcome back, Pamela." And she just falls into his arms to give this big hug. She's, she's. You could tell she's been aching for any kind of real, like concrete. Uh, human connection since she ran away from home um, and she she's, she apologizes and she's she's just this wonderful like it's she's just a wonderful actress I don't understand she's a real, there's a wonderful mo- moment there where she says um, I even called my mom and I'm, I'm gonna go home 
Uh, it's like, oh, she must have been worried about you. Yeah. Especially when I told her who I was with. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ernest and Santa Claus. It's a wonderful moment there between the two of them. Then Joe shows up and uh, he's, he shakes Joe's hand. And Joe immediately becomes Santa Claus. Which is a really cool, magical thing. Um, better than Mist in wrestling, for sure. So, Just a so way good. better. So, so good. Much more efficient, too. Yeah. Um, uh, so then, they're, they're, okay, great. Uh, it's 6.57. I made it here by 7. Um, where's, where's, the, where's the sleigh? Where's the reindeer? Uh, and, and then <laughs> Santa does the earnest laugh. Uh, where the embarrassed earnest laugh. Hee, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, and so Ernest finally makes it. They fall out of the sky, out of the orbit of the Earth, straight down, stop right before they hit the ground. Air breaks, and then they land. Um, and uh, oh, before that, also Santa made it snow for the guy from Orlando, for the guy yes. from Toronto, yeah. And the guy from Orlando is on the. He's on the. I, here's the. This is now. This is my my quibble. Why did you fly from Toronto to Orlando to finish this big business deal when you were going to do it over the phone? Couldn't you have just made a couple of long distance calls from Toronto? Like I feel like the original script may have had him in a conference room with other beleaguered business guys. Sure, and they're trying to get the thing done. And uh, says, I don't care that it's Christmas Eve. We're going to get this done deal done tonight, or we're not going to do it at all. And then he sees snow, and he's like, ah, snow. Anyway, everybody go home and be, be with your families. Like, okay, wait. <laughs> Couldn't you have also done that? Yeah, <laughs> instead of Instead of doing, why'd you fly to Orlando to get on the phone? Uh, anyway. Um, so Santa made it snow, and Harmony's there, and uh, uh, Everything's everything's ready. So now, now we get to see the resolution, which is um, um, uh, Ernest being very uh, proud that he was able to make it there in time, um, but also very sad because now, now what? Like yeah. he's got nothing left. This is the thing. Every Ernest movie is like, all right, I've saved the day, and everyone is happy about everything. Now, now I'm I'm an unemployed cab driver in Orlando. <laughs> that's that's his whole thing. But um. Uh, they uh, they have this very sweet uh, goodbye between him and Harmony. Um, uh, says, "Hey, I'm so I'm going to go home. I'm, I'm not going to see you again." And he says, "Keep your nose clean, little lady." <laughs> and and uh, she says, "I'm going to miss you too, Ernest." And that was a sweet little moment. Um, but uh, he uh, so so Joe gets on the sleigh. And he says, uh, hey, is there any rule that says I can't have a co-pilot just for one night? No rule at all. So Ernest gets to be um, uh, on the sleigh and help him drive. And he says, uh, what about an honorary elf? And then Harmony gets to jump on the thing. She's excited about that. Uh, and then they drive off together. Uh, it's very sweet. And it's all, all we're left is, um, is uh, Santa Claus and, and sweet old lady who says, uh, we haven't formally introduced. My name is M Mary Morrissey. Because once upon a time, I was called Seth Applegate. I guess I am again. Uh, what are you doing tonight? She says. Not a thing. 
we'll think of something. Santa's gonna get laid. Yeah, um, he is. <laughs> so they they uh, I don't I don't know what the tragic story of no Sa- of no Mrs. Claus is. Uh, yeah, but, I thought about that too in the, at this juncture because um, maybe he wasn't married when he was a uh, hundred years ago. Maybe that was the case. Maybe Seth Applegate wasn't married. Joe's not married. Yeah, so maybe you have to be a maybe you have to be a single dude. Bachelor Santa. Santa. Uh, Bachelor Santa. I'm in on it. Yeah, I guess so. And that's the movie. It's so beautiful. It's it such a so good cool. movie, and it's so different than a lot of what you see on on like Christmas specials or Christmas movies, um, because it's like it's not like a weird outside force that's causing the trouble. It's mm-hmm. like kind of sometimes silly, but very like practical right. issues that come up. Um, yeah. and a very human Santa, as we kind of said, I, it is such a charming watch and the architecture of which they put all of this in is, is just so great. Everybody's so well developed. Everything is so justified. Um, yeah. it's really, really, really well done. And just a really wonderful holiday watch that feels so different than Charlie Brown and the Grinch or whatever. Like it's it's a right. really, really refreshing uh thing to watch. Yes. I loved it. Um, We're keeping the flick. I think we knew that from oh, the beginning. Oh, one hundred percent. Undoubtedly yeah. keeping undoubtedly keeping the flick. Um and uh then the little stinger at the end of the movie for a sequel we never got to see, uh was uh, um is uh Chuck and Bobby looking at the at a manifest like now you see I don't want to be out in trouble for you now. That is an E. And Bobby says F E F E F E F. Now, but I got look at that. That is E Bunny F. And then behind them, two giant ears pop out of the top of a crate. <laughs> and he screams, and his eyes go weird. And uh, and that's the end of the movie. And I just love the idea that there was an Ernest saved Easter somewhere out there for them to do, and they never got around to it. They promised it to us, and they never they gave did. it to us. They did. It's been it's been it's been promised, but uh, so yeah. So that's it. That's that that's the movie. Yeah, it's, it's pretty really perfect. Good. Like it's it's pretty pretty damn yeah. good movie. I'm I'm very I'm very I'm very happy that that five year old my five year old daughter, uh, at least this version of her, loves it. That's I don't good. know that she I don't know that she will when she's eight or nine, but at this at this moment, she's 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 pro earnest, which is good. That's very good. Because then because you you got yeah you know get yeah. Marky Mark Kayfabe. It's so true. The world was robbed of an Ernest Saved Easter movie. It's so true. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for being here in the chat. I don't know how many more of these we're going to do live, but thank you for being here. Thank you for all the the donations. If you have, uh, if you're watching this not live and you'd like to contribute with a a question, a request, a comment, uh, kynchats dot com is the way to do that. That'd be great, and uh, we'll 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 be here next week doing something. I don't know. Maybe it's gonna be some terrible thing that uh, Kate uh, uh, mentions, or yeah, well, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll find out. <laughs> uh, yes. All right. Yes. Um, hopefully, it will. Yeah. Uh, thanks, everybody. Uh, have a wonderful uh, pair of uh, few holidays here. We don't see you. Don't talk to you. Uh, Merry Christmas to all. Uh, and to all a good night. Know what I mean? And next next week, 
Kate's going to pick something terrible and we'll say, get the flick out of here. But not today. Because today, this movie's pretty, pretty awesome. Love you guys. Bye. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Click the subscribe button and find out what it means to me. Nah, that doesn't have a ring to it. But if you like videos about real news stories that are funny, stupid, or weird, subscribe now.